It's show 61 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, we've got an interview with James Hill from the Hill Company located on the eastern outskirts of London, England. And we'll get you caught up on all the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by O'Neill Software. You might not know this, but they were the industry pioneers for barcode tracking, portable printers, wireless handhelds, and web technology. And they keep on innovating. Their RS Mobile scanning product lets you complete record center tasks directly from your wireless handheld. Hey, if you want to learn more about them, you can check them out at O'Neillsoft.com. Horace, you know, he was a famous Roman poet from 65 BC. And you know what he said? He said this, he has the deed half done who has made a beginning. So let's get the second half done, shall we? Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me. Welcome to our 61st show. Glad you're with us today. One of the crazy things about doing a show every week, I find, is that it marks time very clearly. And I have to say, holy smokes, it's flying by fast. Speaking of flying by in time, today, the most amazing person in the universe, my partner in life and my partner in business, the woman who makes my heart sing every single day, well, it's her birthday today. So happy birthday today to you, Becky, my beautiful Becky. I am the luckiest man in the world to be married to you. Happy birthday. Today, as I told you, we're going to chat with James Hill, the managing director of the Hill Company in the UK. I was able to handcuff him a few weeks ago at the O'Neill Conference and get him into the studio. So I'm looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. It's a great story. But before we get to that, let's do a short update on the latest industry news. Well, let's start with the acquisitions. Kent Record Management uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, has acquired Total Record Solutions. They're a high-speed scanning and imaging operation. This is Kent's fourth acquisition and provides them with a production-level scan-on-demand service environment, high-volume backfile scanning, film and microfish scanning, and a whole lot more. So congrats to the entire Kent team. Hey, Restore PLC in the UK, uh, their shred division, or the, yeah, it's called Restore Shred, makes sense. Uh, they happen to be in the news a lot. This Restore company has purchased Thorough Shred, which is a shredding and recycling company from TGM Environmental. Thorough Shred, which serves customers in London and Southeast England, has operated as a part of TGM Environmental since 2007. Thorough Shred recently opened a facility that is designed to process more than 15,000 metric tons of material per year. So there's another acquisition. Congrats to Restore on that one. 
Hey, Pro Shred continues to grow. Looks like the Canadian franchisor has added two new franchisee locations. Greg Galvez purchased a franchise for Atlanta, and Joe and Patty Caradonna have purchased a franchise in Phoenix. So congratulations to them. I forgot to mention this last week, but Iron Mountain has opened a brand new shred plant in Toronto. This is their fourth Canadian shred plant, but it's their first in Toronto. Hey, Andrew Software announced yesterday the establishment of a new quality assurance unit. The key directive of their quality assurance unit is to verify that all ASI software solutions, new or evolved ones, are designed, developed, and offered to clients in the most comprehensive way, utilizing the highest standards. So congrats to uh, ASI, Andrews, Scott, and the team there. And Nate Headquarters is happy to announce the addition of two new staff members. Effective immediately, Caroline Bell rejoins the Nade team as membership development manager. Uh, Caroline previously worked for Nade as vendor promotion sales manager. Also effective immediately, Debbie Goldschmidt joins the Nade team as certification program administrator. So congrats to Nade, Bob, and the team, as well as Caroline and Debbie for their new roles. Well, that's it for the news this week. Let me know if you have anything up your sleeve that you want to share with the rest of us. Well, what I'd like to do is get that interview with James Hill lined up. So if you just give me a second, I will get that ready to go. Here we go. Hey, I'm in the studio with uh, James Hill. James Hill is the managing director of the Hill Companies. And uh, James, good to have you on the Rim Pro Report. Good to be here. Yes. Yeah, so where are the Hill Companies located? Uh, we're basically based in Essex, serving the London market in the UK. Uh, so the, the full London market or Essex is, where is that? Because I'm, I'm a little geographically challenged. So is that sort of south... East London, Southwest. I mean, London's a huge city. Yeah, it's East London, but we from there we serve all of uh, London, the Southeast, and part heading north as well. Okay, so really have a good presence. But your story is somewhat unique because uh, you've been in the game twice now. Yeah. Uh, and so let me uh, let's just go back and hear a little bit of that story. Tell me how you first got into the records management business. I think the usual way that people get in there we. It, Basically, we started, uh, the company started by doing office stationery, supplies, removals, uh, storage, and off the back of storage, it then became document management. Uh, and that took over the business uh, at the, the volume that we were taking in. So you were a comprehensive, uh, you call it removals, uh, North America, they call it moving. Yeah. But uh, you, so you're a moving business, but you have all this other stuff going on and somebody comes, because this is a family business, right? Yeah, yeah. So somebody comes and says, can you store our boxes? Absolutely, that's, what it, that's exactly, exactly what, what happened. happened. Yeah, okay. they said, you know, they, they're with a company, they phone them up, it takes them two or three days to pick them up. Uh, we used to go there every day, deliver stationery. They said, you know, why can't these guys be like you? So we said, <laughs> you know, let's, Let's go with it. Right. And, and, you know, the first boxes we brought in, uh, we, we stuck labels on just with uh, a unique reference number. And we had... And it was just like an internal, like an Excel spreadsheet kind of thing? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we put 
the boxes, we built wooden racks to see, you know, we didn't know what racking right. was out there. So, right. you know, and it was like four high, four deep, and you kept banging your head as you, <laughs> you literally walked into the racking. So it's more like pallet racking sort right. of thing. So, you know, and then you learn your mistakes from it, right. you know, and it, years ago in, in the UK market, we used to have a box and you just lift it up and the bottom fell out of it because it was just like push lock, crush lock bottom. Uh, okay. So again, so there wasn't even standard records boxes when you no. were kind of dealing with this. Okay. Absolutely. There was just really uh, one or two players and large players and no one really doing offering a service. Really? Yeah. And well, so you're, you, you've got these wooden racks, you've got four by four, uh, you've got boxes that don't work. And yeah. so how do you then move from that to being a you know leading independent company in in the uk uh basically we as you said we were doing the uh, spreadsheets and and we it was just so time consuming and so we just said there must be something out there right. uh that can help us to that can do it do our job for us right uh so we we went around the uk market and mainly stumbled across uh, warehouse management systems, which, you know, was for food or pallets coming right. into a warehouse, so that used by date doesn't get used, and, you know, totally opposite to what the O'Neill system is, because usually box comes in, only a percentage goes right. out, and right. it sticks, it's there for life. But were those warehouse systems that you were starting to look at, did you actually engage any of those? Did you actually bring any, or you just were looking at these and trying to find a solution? Trying to find a solution, okay. yeah. Okay. You know, we, they were selling, oh, these these scanners are brilliant, they go to minus 30, yeah, but we don't need that. <laughs> you know, that sort of scenario. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we sort of like uh, scoured the mark, scoured the world, and we stumbled across O'Neill's, uh, and this would have been in about, 94 95 so that's early on in their life cycle too absolutely yeah absolutely so uh you know we uh we we looked at it uh they had just come to the uk to do an installation the, uh, i think for an american company okay uh which had seen it and then obviously had a uk presence uh and we had a demo of it and it just ticked all our boxes it was exactly what we were looking for oh cool so and that was RS Win basically. So uh, we had one computer then, and that was just an old, not, not an old Dell, but it's a Dell, but a massive great box, cost about £2,000. <laughs> and it's just, you know, yeah. s slow, shall we say, compared to now. Compared to what we're dealing absolutely. with. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you get, so you get software, and so a light clicks there because all of a sudden it makes sense how to manage this stuff. Uh, in terms of the data, because there's just so much data involved. So how Absolutely. many, roughly how many, at the point you got the software, how many boxes might have you been at at that point? Uh, I would say about 10,000, if that. Okay, so you're, you're still pretty all early on in your life cycle, Absolutely. but now you've got a system that works. So what then starts transpiring in you to get you from there to uh, the size you, you, know, you grew to be? Well, it was basically putting your O'Neill system in was building the foundations right. for everything. You know, uh, we looked at the system. First time, first day we had it, we just sat around it, looking at it, scratching our head and saying, how does this thing work? Uh, but then, obviously, we evolved with it. Uh, we had to go around, barcode all the boxes, import all the Excel spreadsheets, and, and basically just run with it. And one of the things that we noticed when we were, we used to handwrite our notes out and used to write down what we were delivering on one side, what we were collecting on another side. Uh, and we looked at the O'Neill system and thought, hang on, uh, you deliver stuff, but you don't know what you're collecting. 
So right. we said to uh, Ian then, he said, look, guys, you know, we want when we send a van out, we need to know how many we're picking, right. how many right. spaces we've got to yeah. get. There's no point going to pick 100 boxes when you think you've only got 10 on, on the lorry. So itemised pickup was added to it. And, you know, I think uh, it was a culture change because I think how the Americans use it to how we use it are totally different. Right. You know, I think they have different markets, different uh, different ways of looking at things. Yeah. So with that, we just it just seemed to, now we had the foundation, the company just seemed to grow and grow. Um, so what, what were you doing in the marketplace? How were you selling this? It, was it because you had this existing base of clients from your uh, your your removals business, from your the, the stationary stuff that you're doing? Or were you out actively going into the marketplace and selling this service? Uh, at that stage, there were only like two large providers in the UK. Okay. Uh, and they were probably dealing with all the big the big international companies. Yes and no, but okay. the, the one had a just basic DOS system and one had a basic barcoding system. And the O'Neill system just wiped the floor with them. Really? So we were just going around saying, you know, this is the technology, this is what we can offer. And they're saying, it, the customers are saying, it, that's exactly what we want. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, I think about 99, we took... Uh, one of the largest, the largest providers, second largest client in the UK, and because and that sort of like was a wake up call for them. You know, hey, hey uh, how can a small okay. company suddenly take, you know, a massive right. client off them? Right. Uh, so and I, and I always remember Ian saying, you know, uh, I used to try and sell them the system, the uh, uh, the other provider, and he said, as soon as you won the business, they were instead of. Me knocking on their door, they were knocking on my door for it. <laughs> so, so the, the yeah, so the evolution of your business grows and grows, yep. and uh, you you become a significant player, obviously. <clears throat> but somewhere along the line, you guys decide it's time to get out. What, what you time? It's time to get out. So what ha- what happened to you know? You grow this magnificent business. It's growing. It's doing incredibly well, and then you make the choice to sell. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know. You, you get to a stage where uh, it's it's a crossroads. Yeah. Do you turn right? Do you turn left? Or do you go straight ahead? Because going straight ahead in our business means huge infrastructure costs, Absolutely. capital costs that you've yeah. got to jump back into. Yeah. And we were different as well because we owned all the freeholds of our buildings. So uh, literally we weren't renting anything. So it's a large... Uh, we go, you know, we had to go to the bank to get a new building. Right. So, you know, and you're talking millions then. Yeah. So, we just looked at it and said, you know, do we do we cash in? Do we do do we, you know, float the business or do we just, you know, carry on? And we had a couple of people knocking on our doors, and the offers sounded, you know, right. enticing, and uh, we just wanted to, you know. Sometimes we did a tender and they would come back to us and say, look, you know, uh, you know, you're not big enough. You, we want, you know, you're a small company. You can't handle it sort of scenario. So, you know, we thought yeah, probably time to move on. Probably the worst decision we ever made, but at that time you never know. So we sold out and uh, became a big fish in a small pond sort of scenario. And, you know, some people like that and some people didn't. And you thought, think the people that you would like it didn't right. and vice versa right. and it just you know nothing is straight nothing is queer as folk in so many senses <laughs> so you you sell your company and now you're what do you do you take a couple of years to just 
figure out what you want to do with your life? Or what no, you- we did sort of like a, an earn out. And, oh, okay. uh, and then, you know, what actually happened was nine months after we, was, we, we sold out, we were taken over, or we were sold on again. Uh, which Okay, reset, the company that bought you then yeah. was resold. Yeah, okay. and literally, you know, the first company, obviously the, the, what they promised in the first company didn't transfer into the second company. So it was just, I, I seemed to lose touch with the business. So I was more like a figurehead, more like uh, doing fashion parades for head office or oh, okay. scenario. Of the new buyer. Absolutely. It wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. And when you've worked for yourself and then you go and work for someone else, it is yeah, not pretty. never happens. It, not pretty. It, it, you know, it, it, we're not, we're not good employees, are we? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I remember my wife saying that to me and she said, uh, you know, you'll never, if you, when you work for yourself, you never work for anybody. Yeah. And, uh, and then my son came along and said, uh, what am I going to do now, daddy? I said, what do you mean? He said, I've got no, got a business to go into. Yeah. And that sort of hit me because I thought, you know, at that, he was only like probably about six and said, you know, so uh, basically. I'm, I'm assuming in, in one of these situations, you've got a non-compete going there. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, you've got to wait out some kind of non-compete and finish out your terms of your current deal. Absolutely. Yeah, it was only just a year. Because, oh, okay. Uh, so just, you know, sat out for a year, uh, had four holidays, but they got a bit boring because yeah. it, you just... Well, entrepreneurs aren't good on holidays either. <laughs> <laughs> so you're crazy enough. You, you've figured this business out. You sell a really happening company, and now you get back into it again. Absolutely. Oh, I think it's in your blood. It's in your so, DNA. So, what was the thought process? What What was happening? Your son says, "What What's my business going to be, Daddy?" Yeah. And it, that gets in your head, obviously. Absolutely. And I've got a. Uh, uh, it was with my father as well. Uh, okay. And uh, he's obviously. He needed something to get out of bed each day for. You know, he'd never retire. Uh, he's, well, he's retired twice and come back. So, okay. uh, so it's right in your blood. Absolutely. And yeah. he said, you know, I'll help you set it up. And uh, as soon as we get over the first uh, sort of, uh, you know, first level, I'll take a back seat. But that never happened. So, he so just, he's still driving. Abs- <laughs> abs- he's still there. He still, yeah. still, still comes in near enough every day. And, oh, that's uh, so uh, cool. And how old's your dad? He's eighty. Wow! So uh, good on him. Absolutely, he looks more like after the uh, uh, the accounting side, and okay. I'm I'm more on day to day operations and overviewing stuff. So you started the new company in what year? Uh, 2004. So we're 2011. So you're you're seven years in. So yeah. tell me about the 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 story. Where are you now? How is that? How is that all all evolved? Um, a lot of it is. Um, uh, new business. Uh, we haven't really touched the what, what old business we took in. Because, right. Uh, that, that's another story, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. So, uh, and we've grown. We kept obviously. Uh, previously, it was called House of Hill, and uh, uh, obviously with the two company changes, it's changed name yeah. and lost the Hill name. So, we, you know, when we started, we thought, you know, we'll try and incorporate the name, uh, our surname, into it, so that people can relate. Because you you were a well established brand, really. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, and as with every anything, when when someone buys you, they uh, they buy you because you're good, right? But then they think they know better, right? Uh, and they sort yeah. of like start tarnishing you with their brush, uh, head office costs, stuff like that. And yeah. you know, this is how the way we do business, but nothing relates to what 
you how you used to do it in so many senses. Right. So, uh, but no, we've we we bought a rich, we bought a warehouse. Didn't have one client at all, and had about half a million spaces. Really? Yeah. And but you probably racked it out in terms of the racking. You 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 went in fully aware now of what it takes to get this thing going. Absolutely. You know, first time, first company. We, we did have our pitfalls, and yeah. we knew exactly what you know. Right. We knew suppliers and sort of right. where to source it. So we, we literally racked it out with not one customer. And then- Wow, it, that's, that's serious. Yeah, we bought the building as well. So it sort of, it was a large outlay. And it was, you know, if, if it didn't work, we could probably rent the building, sell the racking. Right. But luckily, touch wood, it's all, you know, moved on. Uh, I had a bet with my father saying, well, it takes us about five years to fill this building. Uh, and it took us just under three years. No way. So yeah, it was really. So you fill the building in three years, but you've yeah. been going now. So are, are you adding buildings? Absolutely. Yeah, we've uh, bought another building two years ago, and that's near. That's a eight hundred thousand space one. So, oh my gosh. So that's sort of nearly nearly full, and we've just actually bought a building um, last month in Scotland. That's a new market we're going to wow. break into. So Where, Glasgow or Edinburgh? Or? It's Livingston, sits in the middle. Right in the middle? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. So. so so this it's intriguing because you, you built a business, you and your dad built a business, mm-hmm. uh, you sell it, you get back into the game because yeah. there's something appealing about it, uh, you're growing like crazy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's your son figuring into this now? Is he starting to sort of eye the future? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I think, to be honest, uh, you know, I went straight into the family business before, um, and as a youngster, you always know best uh, better right. than your Absolutely. father, yeah. and you want to change this. Uh, I think he'll want to do a bit of backpacking, go around. He's, he's only fourteen now, yeah. so, but uh, I think he will end up in it. Yeah. Uh, but I think my daughter will actually. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She's Good got for her. Very much got her head screwed on, so uh, I think she'll come into the business at one stage. So you've, you've been through all this stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you've been through startup growth, yeah. uh, emergence. I mean, you were back in the, you, you were one of the pioneers in, mm-hmm. in the business. And uh, often you have viewpoints that uh, many other people don't have. So if you were able to, with all you know today, go back and talk to you just as you were getting that first, the early business started 20 years ago, what would yeah. you tell him? Oh, make sure you, you just got to think as a large company and you've got hmm. to put the foundations in, obviously like the O'Neill system, the proper racking, you've got to, you've got to spec, you've got to speculate to accumulate. You've got to, you know, you, if you're competing against like the Iron Mountains and so forth, yeah. they've got the money, they've got the facilities. You've just got to try and get the best facility, the best racking, uh, you know, and basically it just grow with the business. You, if you you got to be careful, you don't overtrade, uh, right. bring in too much, you know yourself. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, I think you know, invest in the software, uh, and invest in a good facility, and have someone that's going to drive it. That's right. the thing. You got to you got to be passionate about it. You got to live the business. Yeah. You got to love it. Because it's not an overnight turn. It's not a software no. game. It's not no. a. It's it's a long slow build. But man, it's an incredibly good build once you get it to. Absolutely, a you don't point. you don't get payback until about five seven years down. Yeah. It. So it's sort of it, you've got to 
be in for the long term. It, yeah. You know, people come along and they look at, they look if if they're going to invest in you. And I think, oh, this is not going to get an instant return. You know, right. I, why should I do it? Right. But once you've got the revenue streams coming in, you know, it just sits there. Yeah. And no, it's it's a magnificent business. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Magnificent. In the current reality now, obviously you're growing, growing, and putting a lot of boxes on shelves. What other mm-hmm. services are you offering in coordination with that? Are you getting into the digital stuff? Are you uh, exploring, uh, you know, all of those kind of things. What what are you doing? You have to try and be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, apart from the core business, which is storing boxes on shelves, you know, you've got to look at additional services, as you say, like digital. But you know, again, there's people that specialise in that. So, yeah. do you put a lot of money in it, or do you use partner it? So, we really went down the partner oh, route. Okay. You know, other stuff like destruction. We tag on stuff to it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it, you just got to differentiate yourself. So that's why we've sort of like invested a lot in the cloud. Okay. So that's, you know, I can see that being the way forward. Integration between systems just makes you stand out. Yeah. And just trying to be leading edge all the time, you know, just listening to what the market needs. Cool. Very cool. You know, I, I love hearing stories and I love hearing how you've got to where you are. Uh, and we could probably talk for hours, but tell, tell me a couple other things because I, I just like learning more about you too in these conversations. So if magically, and you've obviously had those times during, you know, when you had the previous company and the new one where you had all those vacations, but magically in the next couple of days, not, not necessarily where you are here in Southern California, but someday in the next couple of months, I magically showed up in your life and gave you a day to do whatever you wanted. You could do anything you wanted. It doesn't matter. Uh, what would you do? What would you spend your day doing? Mm, probably just chilling and with the family. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing. You no, know. no big agenda. No, okay. no. I've, I've ticked most of my boxes that I want to tick in life. Right. And Good. just happy to, to, you know, I think um, life is too short. I think you have to get, get in a balance on it. You know, I'm passionate about work. Yeah. But as soon as I walk out that door, I switch off. I go home, and it's on two different people. Cool. So you know, my wife probably would never agree on that, but <laughs> I try to be that. But no, you know, it's you hard know, for us to turn off some days. Absolutely. Well, I'm still, you know, I, I, I keep contemplating throwing yeah. my BlackBerry in, out the window because for some reason you just want to go and look at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, not that you're going to gain anything from it. Right. It's so, a habit. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a habit. So uh, another interesting question for me is uh, if you had, if you on this day of just relaxing with your family, you had a couple hours just to spend on your own and you put your iPod on your head and you only had one album on your iPod, what music is playing? Oh, I, I sort of like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should admit to this, but uh, it'd be... Please admit. Uh, uh, well, I go to the gym near enough every other day, and when I lo- when a, when an ABBA song comes on, it's really good. But I shouldn't admit to that. Hey, ABBA, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> did, did you go see the uh, musical? Yeah, four yeah. times, unfortunately. Oh, great. Well, hey, that's great music. Uh, final question, and this this one intrigues me because uh, I think people entrepreneurs are particularly adept at picking up stuff from their environment and transitioning it into their business. Mm-hmm. So you're learning. I think uh, entrepreneurs are, are learners. Yeah. So where is the best learning you're getting from? Are you reading books? Are you scanning the internet? Are you, uh, do you have advisors? What, what's the place that you're gaining a lot of really solid knowledge from to sort of help you move yeah. forward in the business? I think you soak up yeah. where, from various sources. Right. Uh, 
you know, I was reading newspaper just to get a feel on what's happening. Right. Um, and I would say predominantly the web. Yeah. Your uh, your favourites are sort of like for us it would be BBC News sort yeah. of like, and then you just go to sports and stuff like that, and you, you know, and then you stumble across links and it's you, you know, follow the path. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There, there's not one specific. I do, I can surf for hours basically. Yeah. Yeah. just to soak up information about people or just Google it in some many senses. Yeah. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. It's, Likewise. I've heard your story, and thanks for taking the time to sit no, with us and, and do this, and really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. All right, thank you. Well, there you have it. Another great Rim story, and uh, I, I like these ones. cool to see that... Uh, a, a repeat story like uh, what we just heard of uh, being in it, getting out of it, being in it again. And uh, I want to especially thank James Hill for joining us on the Rim Pro Report. And a big thank you to you two for joining us each and every week or as many weeks as you can to hear the stories of people who live in your world and do your kind of stuff. Thanks again to O'Neill Software, our exclusive sponsor. Uh, they're committed to leading the industry, celebrating their 30th year. O'Neill Software is installed in over a thousand record centers. Can you believe that? More than 78 countries ranging from startups to multinationals. If you're interested in being one of them, you can learn more about them at O'Neillsoft.com. Well, that's it. We are out of here. Thanks for being with us this week. We'll catch up next week. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.